coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida. Welcome to the Paper Stack Podcast, where we cover current topics in the note industry, give you tactics for your note business, and talk with industry leaders to make you a better note investor. And now, your hosts, Brett Berkey and Rick Allen. This video is going to be about uh, how to get started in note investing. We have a lot of people that come to the site, and there's a lot of great educators that are out there, and they do it, they do it well. And I just wanted to get your take on how to, because being in your background, being that you came from real estate, we have a lot of people in the support. They'll come and they'll say, hey, how do I do this? How do I do that? And usually I just direct them to somebody that we have either partner with or somebody that we know is a really good educator. Yeah. And it's, that's a good thing because there's a lot of great of them out there. But I just wanted to get something for, hey, this is from Paper Tech Team Day. This is what we think. Take it. Whatever. So I've just got a number of questions that I hear. I just wanted yeah. to run through them and uh, get your personal opinion. And uh, yeah, yeah, so the first, uh, one's, first one is, how is note investing different than real estate investing? How is it different? It's a natural extension. I'll start by how they're the same. I think that's, a, that's like a okay. good jumping off port. And then from there, we'll just splinter off. But yeah, how are they the same is something to, be, to look at. And it's important to note that everything is backed by real estate. And that's one of the key components you want to remember is that if you're buying real estate, you're wanting to know the value of an asset. If you're buying a note, you want to know the value of an asset. It's all, it all comes back to real estate. It all ties in loans and mortgages are collateralized by real estate or multiple pieces of real estate. So that's one of the things, the big thing on how they're the same, how they're different is it's a completely, it's, a, it's an additional set of disciplines you need for due diligence, an additional set, an additional mindset really of exit strategies, on how to keep an asset, how to liquidate an asset, how to take advantage of the different government programs. There's a lot of different due diligence strategies that come with uh, mortgage note investing, understanding the collateral file, understanding a note. Ultimately, you could end up with the real estate if you're buying mortgages, but you need to know what happens from A to B before you get to C of owning the real estate. Long answer there to a short question. The biggest difference is just there's an additional set of due diligence criteria you got to understand. That actually leads me into, that's actually question number three. But my next question is someone that's never invested in notes or real estate investing. Can they invest in notes as well? Or is, this, is that a big leap? Realistically, it's, there's a bit of a leap. Is it impossible? No, not at all. There's plenty of education out there for people. That's the first step is if you're going to get into it, you need to have some education, especially if you've never invested in real estate before. If you've been investing in real estate, you probably have come across notes or at least have a basic understanding of notes. If you bought at the, the foreclosure auction, you understand foreclosure process a little bit. You at least understand some of the core basics. If you've never invested in real estate, you either want to A, go get as much education as possible or B, invest in a fund or a company like Money with Meaning Fund, FWM Fund, that's our sister company. Invest in a fund like that and leverage their expertise and learn while you earn, so to speak. I gotcha. So just a quick, what is the due diligence on, when you're looking at a note, say like someone's on paper stack, what is their due diligence process before they actually buy the note? Are you new to the mortgage note industry? Have you been wanting to learn the step-by-step -step process to purchase your first mortgage note? Well, you're in luck. We've convinced our CEO, Rick Allen, to break down everything he knows about mortgage note investing. 
Through a series of 50 videos, you'll get everything from start to finish of where to purchase notes, how to purchase notes, and all of Rick's investing techniques he has developed over the many years. From performing note tactics to non-performing notes, Rick gives you everything he knows about investing. Bonuses include our glossary of industry terms, Rick's own proprietary calculators he created to evaluate notes, discounts from our partners, our Rolodex of vendors, a private Facebook group, along with a lot more. We've packed so much content into the Academy to take you from beginner to expert in no time. To learn more about the Academy, go to academy.paperstack.com slash welcome. Again, that is academy.paperstack.com slash welcome. So for me, whenever I go to look at a, to a note, the first thing I'm doing, like I said, is I'm getting an understanding of value. What's the value on the asset? I'm going to go pull up. I'm going to armchair a value. So I'm going to go to Zillow. I'm going to go to realtor.com, NARPR. There's several different websites out there you can go just to get an idea of value. We can kind of talk just about Zillow. If I'm going just to Zillow, I'm not going to go look just at the Zestimate because those can be, they can be off. They can be higher. They can be lower. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put in the address, actually in the address in the Zillow search bar, and then I'm going to pull it up and I'm going to look at what's active around that property. I'm going to first look at my property and say, okay, what am I? I'm going to get an understanding of it. Am I a three bedroom, two bath, 1500 square feet? If yes, that's fine. That's what I'm going to target to look at. So I'm going to look and see what's active around me for selling that's selling. Then I'm going to go look at what is sold. And I'm not going to look at everything that is sold over the past, when I'm accounting for value the past 24 months, I'm going to look at probably the last six months. If I have to go to 12, then I may stretch it out and give all the sales so I can get an idea of what's going on in the neighborhood. Is it trending up? Is it trending down? But it always comes back to value. Once I've established the value, the next thing I'm doing is I want to look at the pay history. I want to see if it's a performing loan. I want to see how accurately or how often they're paying. Are they making their payments early? Are they paying them on the day they're due? Are they paying them 10 to 15 days behind? Or are these people 90 days behind or more? So I want to get an idea and an understanding of payment history so that I can start to create my, okay, these are the potential exits. This is the the way that this investment could go. Ultimately, when you're running due diligence, that's telling you the story. I hear I was educated by Kevin Shortell, did a lot of my education when he was with Note School. And then even after Note School, he helped educate. But some of that stuff was, he always tells that the due diligence tells that story on where you're going to go with your investment. You look at, if they're behind on their payments, then you're like, okay, there's a chance I'm going to have to take this back. If they're every day making payments on time, every time, then, you know, that's going to say, okay, this is something that's going to be more of a passive investment. I can put it in my, maybe my self-directed retirement account or put it in my fund and sit there and I can reap the benefits of just monthly cash flow. So I'm going to look at pay history value. Then I'm going to look at pay history. Then I'm going to start diving into to the title. And I want to understand, does everything seem like all the checks and balances are there or everything checks out as far as are the assignments there, are the allonges there, the note, the mortgage, is there a break in the chain of assignments? And that from there, then after you've established all of that stuff, you'll probably want to order an O&E report if you come to a price with the seller. Oh, and then where do you find notes? Oh man, you can find notes. 
obviously PaperStack is where I would start first. And not really just because we operate the site and own the site, but really the reason I would start on PaperStack is it's a great spot for somebody who's just getting into note investing because there's no pressure. You can see the data points broken out. You can get an idea of what's going on with each loan. If you want to practice cracking spreadsheets, you can download all the stuff that's for sale on PaperStack into one big spreadsheet and start looking at it at a global level, or you can go very granular into each listing, listen to what the sellers, you could read what the seller has written, because most of the sellers write pretty good write-ups on about the assets and get an idea with that. So definitely PaperStack or any of the other trading platforms out there is a great place to start. After that, you can start trying to get in with different hedge funds that are selling. There's broker dealers out there who are liquidating assets. And especially right now, I think you might want to start looking at the small regional or community banks with everything going on in the, with the coronavirus and everything like that. And the really the slowdown I hear across the board that the commercial industry is hurting a little bit right now for, especially for those who are not getting an SBA loan. But this will allow you to start reaching out to maybe some of these commercial banks who need to keep the liquidity. They need to offload some of these distressed assets. There are several different tiers on where you can go. PaperStack is by by far the easiest place to start. Cool. What are some different strategies for investing? Yeah, so that's a great question. If you're looking at investing in notes, it always falls down to are you going long or are you going short? You have to understand Really, if you're developing your strategy, what are your goals? Your goals are going to dictate where you want to go. Are you looking to keep your capital liquid and get in and out of assets quickly? Maybe you're buying assets that are not distressed that much, getting them at a fairly good discount, fixing up the loan by getting the borrower to pay again, season them for a couple months, and then selling them. That's a strategy. Some people are looking just to get the real estate. They've got the fix and flip mentality, which is, that's how we started, was just doing the fix and flip stuff. We came into it with the mindset of, look, we want to get the property back. And so we would go in and operate with that mentality. So whenever we bought something, we were looking for assets that were not owner-occupied, but they were the owners had maybe just left. They were fairly far behind that we could reach out to them and offer them a deed in lieu or a, a consent judgment, something along those lines. So really understanding your goals will dictate it. Are you going long? Do you want to keep them as cash flow? Or do you want to get the real estate back? Those are really the main ones that people are operating with. Next question. Uh, what are the possible exit strategies? So walk me through one like you were talking about a second ago where you were just trying to buy other inventory and walk me through something that's more of a passive investment. So a passive investment, yeah. If you're doing active investments, you're trying to get the property back probably or you want to by non-performing. If you're doing a passive investment, that'd be something like your self-directed retirement accounts. You'd want to do with that IRA, 401k, and that would be buying performing loans. That'd be buying stuff that you can just set it, forget it. They've got a strong pay history and they are, they're paying on time every time. You don't have to do much other than collect the mailbox money. That exit strategy is more long-term, I would say. If you're going on a short-term, you might look at buying something to get the real estate back like we talked about with the mindset of look i'm either going to get a deed in lieu i'm going to get a consent judgment or do a full-blown foreclosure so there's just there's multiple exit strategies really when you start looking at notes which is one of the great things about notes i've even had loans where you can broker deals where you can buy a loan or put a loan under contract sell it much like you would do with real estate you might be able to 
buy a close on a discounted asset, add some value to it, maybe fix it. Maybe you bought something that's got some title issues. So that's why you got it at such a great deal was there was title issues and people were afraid to deal with. If you're comfortable in that world, there's a lot of money to be made by just buying up distressed assets that have dings or dents in the title, spending the two, three months and a couple thousand dollars to get them fixed and then turn around and marking them up and relisting them because title is fixed now. It's just waiting for somebody to either foreclose or fix the loan. Like I said, there's a bunch of different strategies available. Interesting. Another question, where would you get education? Where should somebody go to find some good stuff out there that's some of the leaders out there that know what they're talking about? Kevin Shortell, Real Estate Without Renters is a great one. That's We've used him, Martin Sands. As somebody else, we use Dan Deepin. There's Eddie Speed with Note School. is like the godfather. He's been around forever. Certainly higher end. Cost, that's where we started was at Note School with Eddie and Kevin was there. So there's several different ones. If you Google it, you can go, Dr. Google is a good place to start. YouTube is a great place to start. There's tons of free education on there. But then you want to, if you're going to go with an educator, you want to go with somebody, A, who's been purchasing loans, B, who's willing to do one-on-one calls with you if you have questions, or at least have some sort of online presence to where they can answer your questions, like a Facebook group or something along those lines. Gotcha. And the last question is, what are some of the worst case scenarios just for people that are thinking everything's good, but then what could happen? Worst case scenarios are if you run your due diligence, you're going to wind up taking a house back and being, a, you run title and title checks out. You're going to be into an asset. You're going to be upside down and you're going to have to go long and rent it. That's really like a worst case, worst case scenario because, or another one would be if you didn't put force placed insurance on something that didn't have insurance and it burned to the ground, you're out your money. The great thing about that is you can mitigate the risk by having force placed insurance to make sure your assets covered or your monetary investment is covered by some hazard insurance. Typically, if it's a performing loan, hazard insurance is in place. You don't have to worry about stuff along those lines, but there, there is, it is investing. So you could lose money on it. It's your goal the first time out should be to make it around the track without losing any money. That's what I tell people. It's look, get out there, get around the track, learn how this goes. You're going to learn stuff every time you run, make a lap, but then just start making laps and do it at quicker speeds and you get better. You get more refined. Your investments become bigger or return higher yields. You learn some of the shortcuts or some of the, let's say shortcuts, but some of the, maybe some of the more advanced tactics. For instance, the deed in lieu is a great one, but when it's coupled with a consent judgment, that's a fantastic tactic. And that's something that somebody, we didn't know that the first time going through. And it was something that we came up with. It was like, why don't we have them sign a consent judgment as well as a deed in lieu in case it's something pops up and we actually have to foreclose, we've already got the consent judgment in place. So those, those are the kind of tactics that you can kind of use for advanced, advanced knowledge. And you're going to get those from leaning on educators, standing on their shoulders. Cool. Last question. If you were to talk to yourself when you first started note investing, what would be the one thing you're like, dang, I wish I would have known that from the beginning. Oh man. When I was buying stuff at, you know, our first one was a frame duplex in Winter Garden that we got for $8,400. 
and we turned around and we flipped it and we got it. We got the house back and we sold it and we sold it for 38,000, which was a great return. If I would have been able to have patient capital to sit there and hold it for another five years, the 30 grand would have been a hundred grand and I would have made a bunch of residual money along the way. Patient capital would have been one of them. And then the ones that you're not going to go long on, speed, baby. Speed, turn the capital over as quickly as possible. Cool. Hopefully this gets some new investors looking to get into investing something to chew on. And then if you watch us on YouTube, be sure to subscribe, of course. And then- Smash it, as they say. My kids watch all- Yeah. My kids are always watching YouTube and- these guys on YouTube and they're always telling the kids, smash that like button, smash that subscribe button. So go smash it, man. Pound that thing for us. Cool. This is, I guess we'll talk to you sometime in the near future. Yeah. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks.